Hey, this is Jim. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Today, we're going to meet a full-time college student who's only recently discovered selling online, specifically through Amazon. He's a proven Amazon course student. He actually recently attended, as you'll soon learn, our annual Proven Conference, theprovenconference.com. He just happened to be going to school in this same town where we held our annual conference. And he randomly ran into a couple of people from our community well before the conference. Kind of crazy, cool story. He's building an incredible business while working a very full schedule with a very serious degree that he's pursuing. But what a delight this guy is. I think he's going to inspire and encourage you. He's managing to squeeze in an incredible business selling multiple five figures per month on Amazon while taking a full-time load with a very serious degree. He's just a great guy that you're going to enjoy getting to know a little bit today. He's got some cool lessons. We're going to talk about building a partnership and where the risks are with that, the types of products that he's buying, what he has in plan for the future, and some great lessons there for all of us today. So enjoy this episode with Eric Moy. I certainly enjoyed getting to know him a little bit better, and I think you will as well. Let's get Eric on the line. So Eric, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. How are you? Good. Well, it's great to have you, man. And uh, you, you made quite an exciting post in the Facebook group here not too long ago that prompted this. And I want to hear more about your business. I'm eager to hear more of this story. Awesome. All right. So how this first started was back in probably when I turned 20 in April, I decided that uh, I wanted to try something new. And I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos, just watching a bunch of YouTubers. And I was wondering, like, uh, I saw this business model. I saw FBA as a business model. I'm like, I used to sell on eBay a lot. And I didn't really like it since you had to do all the process where you had to you know, prep every single individual product and then send it out. That takes time. You have to make your own listings for everything. So I never fully got on the eBay train. But when I started seeing uh, these Amazon videos, I thought that this could be a great business model. So at the beginning, actually, I recruited one of my closest friends at the time, and he was he was on board with it. And then, you know, I was still down here at college, so I go to college at uh, University of Illinois. And then he was still going up to uh, a community college closer to Chicago. So you know, we were really really far apart, but uh, somehow, you know, we talk play video games a lot and we talk on uh, Discord a lot. So, you know, we just kept talking about it, we kept texting each other about it and then eventually, you know, we started, well, I already started back a little bit, um, started doing a little bit reta- uh, like retail arbitrage and just went to Walmart clearance sections and so I was talking to him about it, teaching him a little bit about how it worked. And then uh, a few weeks later, he started doing it and then our business started off with Around, you know, I'd say around five thousand dollars, but we didn't put in like five thousand dollars immediately. Immediately, we put in five thousand dollars slowly. You know, started with a few hundred bucks, then put in a thousand, you know, then put in two thousand, just kept going from there. So you started selling on Amazon, just to make sure I'm following your story. Basically, just looking for clearance items. Your buddy who yep. lives a couple hours away, and you kind of doing it together, put pooling your money together. One Amazon account at this point. One Amazon account at this point. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Keep it rolling. Okay, all right. And then um, after that, like I said, he started uh, he started going out to you know Walmart clearance sections. But what we really what we soon realized was the clearance down by me, since I you know Champagne's near a more rural area, is a lot 
like items are a lot steeply clearanced uh, versus like stuff up near the suburbs in Chicago. So he was having, you know, harder time finding stuff, but he still found quite a bit. But I was always coming back with uh, like full car loads of stuff uh, to prep and ship out. (laughs) Right. But the one thing that he did find was a lot of brick and mortar stores near the Chicagoland area. Like some of them are starting to close out. So I know uh, some of the Sears were closing out. So we got a lot of Timberland shoes at like $50 a pair. And then we also found a few party cities and we sold a bunch of Beanie Babies. (laughs) That was fun. On Amazon, really? Yeah, on Amazon. Everything on Amazon. I hadn't heard anyone excited about Beanie Babies since about 1990, (laughs) whatever it was. (laughs) Yeah. And that was... Because I actually, I truly... Eric, I know a lot of people who lost a lot of money. Beanie Babies kind of peaked and then crashed fast. Mm -hmm. There were stores and malls and people had thousands of them in their garage, didn't know what to do with them. But I haven't heard anyone talk positively about Beanie Babies, seriously, in about 15 years. (laughs) That's funny. So you guys made some money on them. That's great. Yeah. And then one more interesting story when we were still working together was, I think it was during our second month. I tell a lot of people this, but Amazon, you know, we were selling these, uh, we were selling like these, uh, these Brita filters that were like this big and they were for your faucet. Mm -hmm. And we sent in about 10 of them, but for some reason, Amazon gave us like three to 400 of them in our inventory. Oh, no way. And they just, you know, I talked to some people about it. Some people said it was probably a mistake on their end. And, you know, I even called them and asked and they were like, nope, no mistake here. And I'm like, okay, you mean, I'll I'll take an extra grand. (laughs) So sometimes they make mistakes in your favor, huh? (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. I wonder what seller actually said that. It's probably actually Amazon inventory. Probably. Because they buy a lot of the uh, filters, air and water filters and they, they popular brands. They tend to stock a lot of that. Wow, that's crazy. I'd never actually heard of a, a mistake that big in the seller's favor. And kudos to you for trying to point it out and correct it. Uh, but you only do what you can do, man. All right. So so you guys are starting to get excited, starting to make a little money for a couple of college dudes, you know, a little side gig. You're seeing some positive returns on that initial 5,000, it sounds like. Yeah. It wasn't really organized at first. Like we didn't really do a lot of bookkeeping. So then like May, end of May came around and what I thought... What year is this? So we can keep the timeline straight? Uh, this, year. this year. Okay. This, just this year. Wow. You guys are green. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I started talking to him a little bit more because, you know, we're both still in school and he also still had a job working at school. Uh, he put in maybe about, you know, actually 20 to 30 hours a week. So it was really difficult for him to actually help me with a lot of this stuff. Like it wasn't an equal balance. So after a while, after we talked about it, we discussed that it was probably best to split up uh, since he found it more at like the, the business model for him was more of a side hustle versus me where I wanted to make it into an actual uh, like a full business by the end of this year. Do you mind talking me through a little bit? how painful or difficult or how the friendship endured through this. I mean, because this is a very common thing. Add some commas and zeros and a lot of businesses go through exactly what you just described. Sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's smooth. I'm always curious to see the backstory. Yeah. So uh, like I said before, he is one of my like closest friends from high school. So when we, it was very, very difficult just because, you know, that fact itself and also the money. The two big things is that since we're like, such close friends, 
anytime when it comes to money, like eating out together, like doing things together, uh, we would always just, you know, one person would just cover it for this time. And then next time, you know, the other person would cover it. So when it came to money, it wasn't really a big issue, but I said that, you know, I was talking to him, I'm like, we're going to split the, like the profit and everything like half and half, because that's how we started. So the, uh, one thing that was an issue was if I kept going, my cash flow would run into a huge, huge issue if I just gave it all back to him. Um, so I said, so beginning few weeks, I paid him about half of it back. And I said, just give me, uh, just give me like a month and, you know, you know, we're still friends. I'm definitely going to give you the money back, the rest of the money back in time. So a few months, well, not a few months, only a month had passed during, uh, after our initial separation and I was paying him back. And I said, Hey, you know, can you do me a favor and give me like one extra month because it's really hindering my cash flow, giving him basically half of every single time like Amazon's payout. And at the time, like I was still using credit cards. So uh, it was really difficult for me just to cut it in half. Um, and this is where uh, he got a little bit annoyed. I got like a text message saying, like, hey, like uh, I kind of need the money now. And I understood where he was coming from because again, it was his money. But at the same time, you know, Amazon holds payments, like half that money is still there. Some of his inventory was still in there. But he did me the favor. He took out uh, most of what he bought. And I think he sold it on eBay or he actually started his own Amazon account and did it there. So overall, the split wasn't too painful. Like we still talk, um, we still play video games together. Um, so that's good. Good for you, man. Good for you. Well, I, I love going through the stories. I, I think you learned a few lessons. Like if, let's say, another one of your good buddies down the hall that you hang out with at school there is like, hey, I want to go in with you. 50-50, man. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Would you have a slightly different approach and a slightly different answer at this point than you did when you first got into it with your, uh, with your good friend? Yeah, I would... Um, learn some hard lessons. <laughs> learn some hard lessons. I definitely shouldn't have written up. Uh, what did they call it? I don't remember. Did you have to write up... Uh, it's a contract agreement. Contra- like uh, that initial agreement for the business, how it operates. Sure, sure, um, sure. That wasn't written up because it, it was everything was so new to me, and I was just yeah, trying to yeah. learn everything. Just kind of yeah. skipped that part, but that's something. I would- you know, do you ever listen to any Dave Ramsey? Do you know who he is? Yeah, I listen to Dave Ramsey a lot. He says, you know, you may have heard him say, "The one ship that won't ever sail is a partnership." <laughs> you ever heard him say that? You've got to be very, very careful. Uh, the best partnerships are when the two parties bring completely different skill sets and have completely different responsibilities. Because if those overlap at all and you're trying to split it down the middle, now you're going to have trouble. There's no such thing. Like in a good marriage, 50-50 doesn't work. Good friendship, (laughs) 50-50 doesn't work. Partnership, same thing. It's going to be 70-30, 80-20, 90-10. Sometimes it's going to be you with the 90. Sometimes it's going to be the other guy with the 90. But you can't possibly split it down the middle. And, and so those kind of like, hey, half ownership, you own half, I own half, we're going to split everything down the middle. Inevitably, as the pace picks up, and this isn't just for you, Eric, this is for the listeners too. Mm-hmm. As the pace picks up and, the, and the, you know, a lot of work starts to pile up that no one wants to do and someone's got to do it anyway, there's going to be resentment. And you have to just be super careful about those arrangements. What I like to see in these types of arrangements, if, like if you guys had come to me, and said, hey, we're going to do this. We're buddies. We're going to do this together. I say, okay, one of you guys is the business owner. You're responsible. The other guy's getting paid hourly plus a commission if things start to work. That's what I would have advised. And that way, as the business grows, you both benefit. If it tanks, no hurt feelings either way. So I love to see these kind of, hey, let's work together. Let's do this. But someone has to be the owner that takes responsibility and the primary benefits as it grows. 
and uh, the other guys kind of working for and with him. That's just the way. That's just the way I advise on, on new businesses, especially. But that's a little divergent from the path we were planning on. But hopefully, that's useful to you, Eric, and, and to the other listeners too today. Just a, this is one guy's take on it. But I think there's some wisdom there, and and you've learned a hard lesson early on that's going to serve you very well the rest of your life too. Yeah, definitely. So, well done, man. Well, keep me keep me going through the story because at this point we're just talking about seven, six, seven months ago type stuff, man. So you, you're, you're pretty new to this. Yeah. So, you know, after that all blew over, so how this, how, how I was able to go to the Proven Conference was actually quite an amazing story. And I think uh, Tasha tells people uh, a lot about this story because it was just so inspiring of how I even, you know, got into this community. So while this split was happening with my friend, I don't remember which month it was exactly, but I was, uh, I was at Walmart and um, I was just scanning for, you know, items. And then, oh God, I'm so sorry. I, uh, oh. You forget the name? Yeah, name just blew. I don't know why. I, I, That's all right. It'll pop back in your head, man. Keep telling the story. Someone from our community, male or female? Female. Female. It's really okay. big. I don't know why. I just, I Kate? see her all Was the it time. Kate? It was Kate. It was Kate. There we go. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Okay, I remember it from yeah. the Facebook post. Yeah. There we yeah. go. I, I don't know why. It's just we love you, Kate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so sorry. No, dude, it's a lot of new names and faces. She's not going to care. I know her well. She. Yeah, no, if I've seen her, get a good laugh out month. of this. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, I met uh Kate at Walmart. I was just scanning stuff, and she came up to me and just asked, "Hey, are you like, hey, are you an Amazon seller?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And uh, my girlfriend was next to me, and I was just scanning stuff. I was just looking for items, and the amazing thing was. Uh, she asked me, she's like, Hey, have you ever heard of reverse sourcing? I'm like, no, what, what is that? And then she tried to show me what it was, but at the time it made absolutely no sense to me. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so that just, that just completely blew over my head. Yeah. Um, but the one thing she did do was she added me to the, my silent team, um, Facebook group. Mm, cool. Um, so for a while I was, uh, I, well, still now I, I just lurked on there basically. And I just kind of read posts mm -hmm. and I wasn't really sure what was going on in that group. Um, and I was more active in another Facebook group until one day, this is probably, you know, just before the proven conference, probably a month before the proven conference. Uh, then what ended up happening was I was doing one of my shipments. Um, and this was time when, uh, FedEx was still a, uh, partnered carrier and, uh, I was sending out one of my shipments and then, you know, a week later, I get my shipment back. Um, it was a bunch of like, there's some Play-Doh stuff. There's some like canisters and stuff like that. And I get my shipment back to my door. No, actually, it went back to my old apartment. So I, I moved, but it went back to my old apartment. So I had to break into my old apartment to get my box. And then it's all damaged. Uh, I don't know what happened to it. The box is completely crushed. Like the Play-Doh, uh, like it fell out of the packaging and it got jammed into like another product. It was a mess. <laughs> it was a mess. Like a but rejected time, shipment, Amazon sent it back. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't think I don't think Amazon sent it back. I was looking at the log. I think FedEx realized it was too damaged. FedEx smashed it and sent it back to you. I got you. Yeah, they sent it back to me. And you know, I started contacting them. I'm like, can I, you know, is there any insurance on it? But they would they wouldn't budge. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, worst comes to worst, we gotta do something about this because there's a few hundred dollars worth of items in here. So then I decided to, you know, list it up on Facebook uh, marketplace. And then, you know, a few days pass by, a few people ask me, you know, to buy the items. And then I get this uh, I get this message uh, from Tasha. And 
she's like, I was really confused. I thought it was a scab at first. Uh, she was just like, Hey, are you an Amazon seller? Because, you know, in her, her mind, you know, why would anybody have a crushed FedEx box that's like, has all this stuff in it if you're not an Amazon seller? And I'm like, Yeah. And then she started talking to me about, you know, the Proven Conference. And I'm not going to lie, like I said, at the beginning, I was very, very skeptical. I'm like, why is this conference happening in Champaign? Is this such a random place? Or Urbana? You know, this is such a random place for it to happen. That's um, funny. Like right in your backyard. Yeah, right in my backyard. And it's very fortunate that it did happen there. <laughs> so basically, I went on scholarship um, and she talked me through all the details and stuff like that. And even then, even, even after she got me like a ticket to go uh, that day, I was still skeptical. I'm like, oh, you know, just nervous the first time. Uh, going to a conference. I'm not sure what to expect. Not sure the people that I'll be meeting. But the night before, I got to meet a bunch of wonderful people at a, at a dinner. So you know that calmed me down a lot. And the next day, I was able to attend uh, a few of the sessions that really resonated with me. And yeah, that was basically most of the story. Uh, and then that's yeah. amazing. Well, so you randomly ran into two people from our community. Yeah, that individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't know about. They weren't coordinating. You know, just to connect a few dots for the listeners here today, this is pretty incredible because yeah, we're a, we're a big community, but not so big that you're going to run into us no matter where you go on the planet, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they did. They had no financial incentive at all no. to no. assist you. That's just the type of community that we've created. It's a it's an abundance mentality. We teach that, and we're intentional about that. When you run into someone else who's scanning, and maybe they're an Amazon seller, you don't. You know, give them the cold shoulder and look at them as if they're a competitor. You say, "Hey, you know, how's business? How's it working for you? Here's some strategies I'm using that are working really well. What strategies are you using?" And we've created an entire community of people who aren't competing with each other. We're building businesses together, and you've just illustrated it beautifully. Here you are, a college kid bouncing around a Walmart. Just so turns out that our annual event was in your hometown, <laughs> and the online. And in person, you happen to run into a couple of great people from our community who, yeah, they're, they're great leaders in our community, but they had no financial incentive whatsoever to assist you. It was just a matter of, we love seeing people succeed. We understand how huge this opportunity is. We love talking about it. That's so cool. So I'd love to hear more of your impressions of the event as well, because I don't think I've heard, heard that and, and what you took away from that and, and how business is going as of right now. And then we'll hear a little bit more about you too. Uh, like, you know, do you have an entrepreneurial background and that sort of thing? So those are some of the topics I'd like to hit as we start to wrap this episode up. Uh, but we still got a lot to talk about. Talk about the event. Um, so I actually wasn't there for the entire event uh, because what day was it on? It was on School. Wednesday. Thursday. It was like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, like, it was during classes. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so Thursday, I, do have, uh, I did have off at the time. So I was able to attend a few of the sessions. I attended uh, Jimmy's Replan course. Beautiful. Yeah, that course is, I mean, not his course, but his uh, session. And then uh, afterwards, uh, Tasha introduced me to her husband, Jimmy, and a lot of other people. And then, you know, from the Replan course, I was like, wow, this was, you know, this is eye opening because there's like a new method to do stuff, right? Um, right. And to actually make a stable business model from doing uh, arbitrage. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a really big fan of courses, but since I was actually able to talk to Jimmy about it, you know, he was actually able to give me a few tips here and there uh, about where you know some of my hurdles are, how to like get past them. 
I was like, okay, let's do it. You know, $200 at the time, let's do it. Uh, sounds like a very good course. And then I got it and I never looked back. <laughs> and then some of the other sessions, uh, I think one was on mostly, I want to say, okay, so I went to the uh, private label, the easy way. Um, and that was cool. And I think I might be looking into that in the future a little bit. And then the last one was more about advertising. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if I was there yet. So I was taking down some notes, but uh, I'm still not sure if I'm able to reproduce some of the like the the Facebook marketing and stuff like that. But it was interesting. Yeah. Hey, do you have access to the videos from the event? Sounds like you missed a good chunk of it with school and such. I don't think so. Dude, let's hook you up. Thanks for okay. being a guest, man. You do now. <laughs> We're going to hook you up. So you can check out because you missed some really great sessions that I think would really help you out. And yeah, the replens stuff, we're super excited about that. We've got, uh, I don't know if you've caught, caught word of it. I'm certainly not trying to convince you to do this yourself, but I think some listeners today might be interested. The whole replens strategy, we're flying teams to the hometown of people who are interested in it, going to the store, finding 70 to 90 in a single day. 70 to 90 profitable retail arbitrage replens, we call them, which is just products that sell over and over again using these strategies. It doesn't involve scanning barcodes. It's, it's pretty crazy, powerful stuff, what you can do once you know how to look and shop. Uh, you know, Jimmy's, Jimmy talks about, he probably said in that session, he'll spend up to four hours in a single aisle in a retail store. <laughs> Managers will be like, what are you doing? Are you okay? You need anything? <laughs> you got like two things in your cart and you're sitting there on your smartphone, you know, with a battery pack attached to it. Like, nope, just, just doing some research. I'm good. And in the meantime, you're finding dozens and dozens of products that you can order and profitably flip. Uh, that's our replans training. Uh, provenamazoncourse.com slash replans, R-E-P-L-E-N-S is where the course is. But that's cool. So you've run into and met some really great people so far. Are you planning to join us in July 2020 in Florida? Made plans yet? I haven't made plans yet, but uh, we'll see. Would love to have you there, man. We'll see you in the next few days. How about as another way to thank you for being on the podcast, man, it's on me. If you, if you can come, the registration's on me. I'd love to have you there because you've only seen a small taste of, of what it's like to be part of this community. Love to get you down there for a couple of days, man. If you can you can get down there, talk a friend or two into carpooling and, and make it happen, man. Okay. But so I want to hear a little bit more about your business. We haven't heard a whole lot of numbers yet, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Uh, and then a little bit about you because we kind of jumped right into your business story. So let's, let's hit some numbers. Okay. Uh, numbers wise, you know, before the Proven Conference, I was doing about, you know, 10,000 a month, uh, roughly around, you know, higher up on like about a 30 to 40% profit margin. And then after the proven, not bad for a college kid part time, man. That's really not bad cash at all. That's better than all your friends with part time gigs. Yep, working at Subway and <laughs> sitting at some desk in some dorm, right? I mean, you're killing their numbers. That's beautiful. Yeah. So then, uh, after the proven conference, after I've learned all these new techniques, I got over like the hurdle because for the last few months, I've just been stuck at ten thousand. I didn't know how to get past it. Uh, one thing was time. Another thing was, you know, not having enough help. And then this last month, you know, after my Facebook post, I reached 15,000. And then a few days after that, my 30 days reached 16,000. We're kind of hovering around there for now. A little lower profit margin there from 20 to 25%, uh, just because, you know, it's, it's replens. It's not like I'm just getting amazing clearance deals as I was before. Sure. Sure. And you haven't had your first December yet either. 
I haven't had my first of summer yet. It's going to blow your mind, dude. It's going to clean you out. Get ready to be bumping your prices up as stuff starts flying off the shelf. It's, you're going to set a new record in December, no question. You'll have, if you got the inventory to back it up, you really should, based on what you're telling me, have a 25, 30, and maybe even $40,000 December if you've got the inventory there. So yeah, it's going to be huge for you. You're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be so hooked on this business model. Uh, I don't know how many classes you take and how many credit hours. Each semester, average about sixteen. Two. I was a twelve credit hour guy. It took me five years to get out of there, man. But I was very entrepreneurial in school as well. Uh, sixteen credit hours, working this gig on the side. Still got a you know time to hang with your friends. A flexible schedule probably feels like to you since you're young. No, I don't have. I don't, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time to hang out with my friends. No, you don't. Okay, I'm like, how do you? Yeah, how do you even fit all that in? It's just it's just business and uh, and homework. <laughs> Ah, I hear you, man. Well, kudos to you. It's a season of life. You're doing it the right way. I don't know. What are you studying in in school? I'm curious. Uh, Aerospace engineering. Aerospace. Dude, so you're like one of these super smart guys (laughs) with the high (laughs) SAT scores, right? Well, I I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I wouldn't say that after uh, realizing what I have, like what I've done to myself after picking the major and coming into college. Oh, I'm talking about book smarts, book smarts, yeah. which can actually serve as a detriment. You know, there's, there's never been any study that I've seen that associates high IQ, high test taking ability with financial success. Actually quite the opposite. So, you know, you can, it can end up taking you into some, some dangerous territory to be super smart uh, because really business success at the end of the day, Eric, and I don't want to preach something you already know. You may have heard us talk about it before, but it's relational, you know, as you've experienced, like, where would you be right now had you not run into Kate and Tasha, right? Like where, where would your business be arguably either flat or dying, right? But relationships are what's taking you to this step. Now, you've put in the hard work and effort and energy, but without those people stepping into your life at the right time, without you having someone you can ask these questions of. So really, it's about relationships. And people with super high intelligence struggle with relationships. So kudos to you for recognizing, hey, this may not be the <laughs> you know, aerospace degree, may have a hard time keeping up with the income potential, building a business online. And you'll certainly have more flexibility. Hey, do, you know, do both and your path will become very clear, man. I'm not trying to talk you into or out of anything, but it's certainly great to have options, man. So proud of you. Proud to have you in the community. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. I don't know a whole lot about you. You had a great Facebook post. We'll stick that in the show notes for the listeners so they can go see what started all of this uh, because we had a lot of people really resonate with your story and, and you were very gracious in thanking a whole lot of people from our community for helping you get down this path. Uh, which was a really cool post. I think the listeners will enjoy reading that. It'll be in the show notes, silentgym.com slash podcast. Go to this show, look for Eric's show and look for the notes. You'll see a link right to our Facebook group, right to that post that, that Eric made. But tell us a little bit more. I want to fill in some gaps on, on who this guy is we're talking to today, this young man who's got a bright future. Yeah, so my life, I've basically grown up in, you know, the typical um, Asian household where a lot of things are pretty strict. Um, I'm an only child, so my parents love me very much and sometimes, you know, care about a little too much of what I'm doing, but I love them for that. And uh, so like, I would say typical Asian, but uh, my parents are both, both kind of more Americanized in a sense. So they gave me the freedom to do things you know, but I still had to take piano lessons as a kid. Um, you know, I took karate as well. And then um, the one thing that I appreciate 
a lot uh, that my dad forced me to do at the time was uh, go through Boy Scouts. And that was an awesome experience. Three fingers salute, right? Or two, depending on your rank. (laughs) I did that too, buddy. Yeah. At the time when you're a kid, you just don't realize, you know, all the leadership and all the skills that you're able to take away from that. Because when I was doing it, I just felt like I was there just to be there. You know, sometimes I just didn't want to be there. But when you look back at it a few years later, you really recognize how much you take away from something just from the experiences. Mm, that's great. Yeah, I, I certainly appreciated my time in the Scouts and met some, some great people, some people who really cared for our family at a time when we needed it and learned some leadership skills. It, it amazes me in retrospect. And I, it, that's cool that you appreciate and value that because that, the leadership skills that you have, I will argue, if you had a chance to say, I want to take leadership skills away from school or I want to take aerospace degree, like you had to give one or the other up, crazy to give up leadership skill stuff. That's the stuff that's going to take you places. The head knowledge of being an aerospace engineer or any other set of knowledge pales in comparison to your ability to lead and understand how to work with people, how to build relationships. I mean, look at the lesson you learned that could have been a true disaster with your friend, you know, and that that was a leadership lesson. It was a relationship leadership lesson. Those are invaluable. So kudos to your parents, man, for, for exposing you to opportunities to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and Learn some, you know, get earn some patches, but along the way, learn what it's like to, you know, have friends and relationships and to do things with a team. And uh, that's valuable stuff, man. That's cool. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about what, what led you to this, man. And, uh, and it, were, you, were your parents entrepreneurial? Uh, yeah. So, uh, my dad was an immigrant. Both my parents were immigrants, uh, but my dad, when I was probably around five years old, uh, started his own company selling computer parts. And uh, he was actually a distributor for a lot of computer parts for over 10 years. And every day I would just, after school, he would take me to his office and I would just hang out there. And I would be that, that person that just takes apart all the computers and that can't put them back together. <laughs> That's so cool. So you were taking apart, oh, what, like 386, 486, or probably more. No, you were, you're too young for that. What were you taking apart? Uh, just like desktops. And just um, anything. Yeah, just yeah. like anything, mostly desktops. Uh, you know, it's still the ones that had like floppy disk drives in them. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about floppy disk. That's that is so cool. I love it. Wow, what a great way to get exposed to business, and that that's such a huge benefit. We have a lot of families in our community. You know, there's a good thirty years difference in age here between the two of us. So some of this doesn't may not quite resonate with you, Eric. But some of the listeners maybe it will. But you know, you've got kids around the house; they're just watching you. With these boxes and the inventory and the, you know, responding to customer inquiries, that that's valuable stuff. That's instilling an entrepreneurial spirit. A, you know, this is what I do to serve others to make money, and that sounds like it filtered through your dad into you. That's a very valuable thing to to put in a kid, uh, and you had that instinct to jump on opportunity when you saw it. So cool, man! I really like your parents from what I'm hearing so far. <laughs> Well, tell us anything else, anything else that stands out that kind of inspired you in an entrepreneurial direction from, from your childhood? Um, you know, besides just being in college and realizing that this isn't exactly the right path that I should be on. Because hmm. a, lot, a lot of engineers will always say like, here's the salary amount. Like I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to make $100,000 after I graduate. And I'm like, but you're, you're capping yourself. You're limiting yourself. You came mm-hmm. to school for money, not for the education. So... Then I thought to myself, well, I don't, I don't really like this path. You know, I'm really coming here to be able to build long-term financial success, and you know, I want to be able to grow past 
a cap. I don't want a cap on my life. You know, Good I want to basically be able to do whatever I want. That's right. Man, that's a beautiful mindset. That's a great mindset to have. It's very non-traditional. I call it living on the edge of the bell curve, which you should resonate with uh, <laughs> with an engineer. So yeah, it, everything you're going to do and say and think of in the coming years, it's going to feel and sound a little weird and strange, but there's no caps on your growth. You know, if you, if you take a degree and go into a certain career, you're never going to earn more than a certain amount. And you're going to be arguably stuck doing something you don't necessarily love with that skill set. Long commute to and from work, away from your family, as you start to build a family. There's a lot of benefits to going down the road that you're on in zero negatives. Zero. Because you could always just say, oh, it's a side thing. I'm going to focus on, uh, focus on my career for a few years and do this on the side. Well, pretty soon that side thing will happen. As it happened for me, 18 years ago this month, it just outgrew my real job. And I was making that six figures. But it, the side thing I was doing on the weekends and evening was blowing it away. Plus, it was a lot more fun. Plus, I was hanging out with really cool people. Entrepreneurs are the coolest people, man. We, we have to serve well for a living. That's the kind of people you want to hang out with, man. People who love to serve, who serve well. Uh, so you're on a great path, Eric. This is exciting stuff. Can't wait to see. Will you come back and check back in with us uh, here in six months or a year or so? Make sure to keep us up to date on how you're doing because I think you're on an awesome path, man. Yeah, definitely. I have a lot more stuff planned. I just don't want to stick everything on Amazon. So I might be starting some new projects next year. Beautiful. Love to hear more about it. Yeah, multiple streams of income. You know we're all about that. This isn't just about selling products to strangers on Amazon around here. Hopefully you've picked up that and many others have as well. That There's multiple ways to use the internet creatively to, to build multiple streams, have true flexibility in your schedule, uh, pursue your passions on the side as, you, as your time frees up. It's a beautiful life path that you're on, buddy. I wish that I'd have been as, uh, as, as wise as you are when I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> you, got a, you got a great future ahead of you, man. So I appreciate your time, Eric. Unless there's any other little tips or anything else you want to share, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Anything come to mind that you want to share with the listeners before we start to, to land this? I don't think I have anything else. Just besides, um, you know, if it's not going too well for you right now, just realize that this community is awesome. And um, I think like you always said, you know, um, it's what, like only 10% luck and 90% hard work or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's right. So just keep on working hard. That's right. Yeah. If you push through, this opportunity is tremendous. You're going to have to push through a few speed bumps, possibly. That, that period of intense focused effort I talk about sometime when you're starting, when you're doing anything worth doing, it's going to take some effort and work. And this is no exception. But if you push through that, it's really an incredible opportunity. So thanks, Eric. I think you're going to inspire a lot of people with this interview and talking to the business building warriors who have joined us today. Thanks for hanging out, giving us some of your most valuable asset, your time. We appreciate that. We value that. We hope that you see a tremendous return for the time you've invested with us today. We're going to have a bunch of cool links for you in the show notes, silentgym.com slash podcast. We'll link to Eric's Facebook group or Facebook post that he made in our group. That's a free group, by the way, if you didn't realize it. And some of the other resources, the Proven Conference. We're going to make Eric go, whether he likes it or not. We're going to figure it out, right, buddy? Get you down there, car full of your friends. And hey, there are registrations on me too, man. Bring some people that you think this could really serve well. I want to get you guys down there. Uh, as a thank you for you guys being on the episode, for you being on the episode today. But to all the business building warriors, God bless you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll have another great episode for you real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.